0: I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's get into the show. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for tuning in today, as always. We're talking about scarcity and abundance today. And I feel like so much of what I share and so many of the changes in my life have come from making the shift from moving to scarcity and abundance. I am not perfect. I think I have done episodes on abundance before. I will put them in the show notes, but I feel like now I have a really clear view on it. And like I said, I don't always 100% of the time operate in abundance, I try to shift myself to that. But I think if we can like mostly be there, I think it can be really transformative, especially around food and the way we eat, businesses, especially if you have an online business, which is a little more complicated and in dating and relationships. So before we get into that, quick reminder that Sweet Heat, which is my Second work, workout program, it's eight weeks long. This program is going to be hard, meaning that, but approachable. So it's not going to be not doable. You're not going to be uh, like tr- drudging. What is the word I'm trying to look for? <laughs> Having drudgery. This is not a good use of my grammar right here, but you're not going to be hating the workouts. You're not going to not want to show up. You're going to love them. And they will help you build muscle, which is what we want to build nutritional flexibility. We want that to increase our metabolism and to just feel better. As always, everything that I, so much of what I share with food has to do from going from someone who like eats nothing and eats like a rabbit, just eating like, you know, a salad for lunch with no protein or fat or anything, which used to be me or like a piece of like white fish uh, to a a way of eating and moving where you are feeling your body and not having like, uh, you know, the way that you eat rule your life. So Sweet Heat is four times a week, two upper body workouts, two lower body workouts. We're also going to be having tutorials on push-ups and pull-ups. I am so excited for this and <clears throat> it's dumbbell only, can be done from home. Obviously you can do it in a gym. I It's going to be a while probably until I do a like full on gym program because I am not at a gym anymore. I am have been working out from home for months and months now. I had a 3-month stint where I went to a Lifetime. I'm not there anymore, but I do think that working out can be really simple. And I think that sometimes we talk ourselves out of it and you know, we're like, oh, it's too much, or I don't have enough. You can do a a ton of stuff with what you have already, even if it's nothing. Uh, this is not a body weight program, so you are going to need some equipment, at least two or three sets of dumbbells. But can't wait to share it with you. You can get on the wait list uh, at the in the show notes, and if you get on the wait list, you get a twenty five percent off slash 30% discount and you will also be able to buy by Blossom Body again, which is my first workout program. They will be available as a bundle. So stay tuned for that. I also have something coming soon next week with nutrition. I have a new nutrition offer, one-on-one nutrition offer that I can't wait to share with you. And this has come from what I've heard from you. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm also just glad that we have gotten back to consistency in general. Um, I'm going to continue to share sometimes more than two podcast episodes a week. But if you have a question, as always, just please send it over. So let's get into this when it comes to scarcity and abundance. So scarcity means the state of being scarce or in short supply. And I think that scarcity is the default of the human brain. The brain is not your friend when it comes to growth. It scans for threats it defaults towards the negative. It will look for the negative. So like, for example, let's say that you are, you know, let's say you are a nutrition coach and one of your friends is a nutrition coach. And then like you think that there's not enough clients to go around. You think that you're not good enough. And then somebody that you know, that you know follows you on social media Goes to one of your friends. You will take that and turn it into a story, or you will use that to confirm your story, right? It'll be like, well, I knew it. I'm just not good enough. There aren't enough people. Nobody's going to come to me. And that is a normal way of thinking. So when I discuss scarcity in here, I just want you to know that it's normal and that this is often, like I said, just the default of the human brain, which just doesn't think that there's enough to go around. And part of this has to do with the main issues that humans have, which are number one, inadequacy. I'm not good enough, which I would definitely say I have that. Like if I talk about like my biggest insecurities, I think we all feel that to a certain degree. Uh, Like I'm not good enough people are better than me and look at all this evidence social media does not help this So when I share I just want you to know that like I have these thoughts too And your thoughts probably won't go away, but the way you act Can change and that's what matters and the second fear or issue that humans have is abandonment Everybody's gonna leave me everybody at some point is gonna let me down right? That is abandonment. And I definitely have that too. So you're not alone if you feel those things. And there's also nothing wrong with you if you feel those things. Now, the reason that this is important is constant feelings of scarcity make you act differently. And it's not going to be authentic behavior because you are operating from fear and scarcity, which I think scarcity is rooted in fear. And you're not really acting towards your goals. And the thing is that acting in an abundance mindset takes more effort than scarcity. Since scarcity is the default, that is like the path of least resistance. So like uh, if you're already operating from a deficit in a way, like let's say you're tired or you're sick or you're just like you wake up in the morning and you just like start thinking without putting any effort into anything to like change your thinking, you will probably operate from scarcity. So like, that's the first thing is to like, not think that there's anything wrong with you for being that way. Right. Some examples of this that I think are important to share just so we can sort of recognize the narratives that go through our heads. And I shared these on Instagram, just going to go through these quickly, but with food and nutrition, this can look like having the last supper mentality. So like, let's say you're starting a new plan on Monday. That's the biggest form of scarcity that can happen with nutrition, I think, where we start thinking like, oh my God, it's not going to be available tomorrow, so I need to get it all in right now. This is the same thing with cheat days. Today is my cheat day. It's not going to be available tomorrow. Therefore, I'm going to get it all in now and I am going to make myself feel like shit. Like, let's just be real. Or let's say it's a holiday and it's like, well, my mom's cheesecake isn't going to be available tomorrow got to get it all in now, right? That even might be true that it might not be available tomorrow, but why make yourself feel like crap because of that thought? I mean, it's a normal thought, but once you start like thinking about it and diving in a little bit deeper, we can begin to like deconstruct this. So with diets, this is what happens. Like tomorrow I'm going into misery, got to get it all in. And you know, If you are a compulsive overeater or an emotional eater or that has been your story in any way, you know that you have eaten shit that you don't even like because your diet starts tomorrow. Like you're in the pantry, you are scrounging for shit. I have told the story about how I remember one time that I was starting a diet and I was in my cabinet eating like five-year-old gold chocolate coins you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like they were so stale. They had white on them, but I was like, well, it starts tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to eat sugar or chocolate tomorrow. Might as well have these. What? Like again, normal, but once you start sort of taking it apart, that's when you can really start questioning it and being like, maybe I don't want to live this way. Right. So it could also be restricting and depriving yourself of foods you love and enjoy. Like, Oh, I can't eat that. You know, or getting upset when your meal ends, which I think that this is also normal, uh, or being like sad when your meal is over, not realizing that like you will be able to eat again, or you might be upset that your nutrition plan, let's say this is outside of hunger, uh, you might be upset that your nutrition plan or the, your allotment of food and your maintenance doesn't allow you to eat as much as you want. And like, that's just a fact, Right. And you're sad over the fact that like you can't eat as much as other people, not remembering that like you can eat again, you will be able to eat again, you will get hungry again. Uh, Again, how do you, how do I know this? Because this was me for so long. Um, And then again, you're eating things that you don't like just because they're there because it's all driven by fear and scarcity. If I don't think there's going to be enough, I got to get it all in now. There is also like, I think a primal thing here that once we're told, especially if like you grew up in a family where you had to fight with your siblings or something for food, like you're going to hoard it all. Right. And I think that some of these things, like some of our food patterns play out and like they are like, for example, and they can still, and you can like still eat normally. I think it's just important to notice them. So like, for example, when I moved back to Miami and I started like being with my dad every day and then eventually my dad passed away, I remember that like, obviously that was a super hard time. I remember that like part of my routine was just like buying an abundance of food and like having a lot of different foods here like a lot of like I would go to Trader Joe's and get like all the snacks I would um, you know just like have a lot of food available more than I wanted or needed but I was like oh I just like it made me feel safe this also happened during the pandemic when there was like that weird period at the beginning of 2020 when going to the grocery store was strange and like you didn't want to go back to the grocery store because you might get coronavirus and you might die. And that's a real thing too. So like that thought I think sort of drives us to act in a way where we hoard because it makes us feel safe. At this point, I sort of normalized that behavior. Again, I've kind of gone up and down with it, but I've normalized that behavior where I feel safe without having like a lot of different snacks available and all of that. And like, again, if you do that, I think that that's Probably okay. Maybe you look at it a little bit, uh, but if it's not driving you to eat, I don't think that it's as problematic. You know, uh, like if you can uh, sort of manage your intake and control your intake, then I think it's okay. Like maybe that's something that you need to feel safe, and I don't think that that fully goes along with like the full scope of scarcity around food. Although some people might argue otherwise. In business, again, we could just talk about food for this, but in business, they could this could be doing what everyone else is doing because you're scared that being yourself and doing what you want to do is bad. Trying to sound like someone else, like, oh, this person is successful, therefore it's not safe to be me, therefore I have to sound just like them. Constantly comparing and looking over your shoulder. And I also want to say that like, if you run an online business and you are on Instagram, we have the fortunate and unfortunate opportunity to see really up close into people's lives and have access to their information so you get to see like people's launch numbers their houses their cars they how much they buy themselves like which i on purpose try not to share those things because i don't want anybody to compare themselves to me like and also my business model i don't want my business model to be Dependent upon income claims, I want someone to work with me because they like me and they know I can help them. Um, And in business, I think that there are, you know, obviously financial metrics. Which, of course, you can assume. Like this is my job. This is, (laughs) this is my full time job. It has been my full time job for five years now. So I do uh, make money from it. Obviously, Uh, like a full time, very like very good full time income. Um, But. Social media gives us the opportunity to really see these things up close and see like, well, that person made a six-figure launch or this person sold this many things and I didn't. And it just, again, puts you in that scarcity mode of like, I think we automatically go to, oh, well, that never is going to happen for me and like might feel jealous of that person Um, and just constantly comparing. Um, And then another thing is being obsessed with your competition and thinking that they're going to take everyone away. Like, oh my God, look how good this person is because they're so educated or they're so like good on camera and they're so charismatic. Everybody's going to go to them. And that isn't true. You know, even if somebody is more educated than you, right? Like people are going to go to you because they like you and because they connect with you and because they resonate with you and your story and the things that you share. So I think just like having deep trust there is really important. Um, even though some, sometimes that might be the case where people might go to somebody else and you can look at that and observe it and be like, Oh, interesting. And I think the abundant thought there, instead of being like, Oh my God, it's so true. Everyone's going to take it away. going to take, everyone is getting taken away by this person is to shift and say, they weren't for me. I don't, I I don't want that person then. Right? Like if they don't choose me, this isn't dating too. Like if somebody isn't choosing me. I don't want them. And this is why uh, so much of abundance has to do with self-worth. I should have said this at the beginning, but (laughs) we're saying it now that it has to do with acting in your best interest. It has to do with you doing the things that are going to help move you forward. If you're a goal oriented person, like not everybody is like this. And if you're listening to this podcast, I would guess that you are a growth oriented person because like, that's what we talk about here. Um, And, you know, last thing for business is not believing there's enough money success to go around. So seeing that like somebody has maybe a six figure launch and then you're like, well, they just took all the money, you know, like money is obviously everybody earns differently. And, you know, that's a whole other story with like privilege and earning. And we're not going to get into that today. But when it comes to the online space, like people do buy and people are buying. And people will buy from you if you put, if you are consistent, if you share yourself. And uh, there is somewhat of, uh, I don't want to say unlimited, because it's, you know, limited to a degree, right? And that I don't think that that's scarcity thinking, but there is big potential. And you can really change your life with this. But I think it has to do with a lot of factors, most of them being time and consistency which most people will quit before that. So I think because of social media and social media culture, we have sort of a distorted view on what people are like and what their businesses are like. And I'm not going to (laughs) be discussing the specifics of that today, but I probably will at some point. But just know it's normal to think this way. And then lastly, dating and relationships, you know, staying in something, you know, is bad for you because you're scared to be alone or no one else is out there. It's going to be so hard for me to find somebody. I don't want to go on the dating apps. Oh my God. It's like, I should just stay here because it's so hard. Like nobody's ever going to be like this. I might as well just stay here because nobody's going to be better. Like that is not true. And that is very problematic to think because then you, you're going to stay in something that isn't good for you. Uh, it could also look like fighting for connection or trying to convince someone Oh, problematic, right? (laughs) And I think that dating is an avenue where we have the opportunity to act in a higher self worth. And it does attract better people and a better partner when you do that. I do think that that energy is felt. It could also look like self abandoning, needs or desires to maintain connection. This is the Gabor Mate quote where we sacrifice authenticity for attachment we prioritize the attachment over our own authenticity we're like no I don't need that. It's okay it's just my life partner <laughs> right I can just like give up the stuff that I want or I can put up with bullshit and emotional abuse or whatever toxicity for lack of better words um because I need this connection it is safe to me I think with love and it also ties along with food a little bit like there is a thread here. If I just transition for a moment, there is a thread here about like this being so primal. Hunger, love, connection, even if we talk business, money, money, all of these things are important and they pull at a heartstring that is like at our deepest core, which threatens our safety to a degree, right? Like our internal safety, our internal safety as humans, right? So I, I just want you to remember that, like, That can be, it's normal to have these thoughts, but for you to act in your highest, as your highest self, it's important to, and for you to be happy. Like, let's just start there, especially in dating. You have to operate from this mentality. Uh, Something else is not cutting off, not cutting something off in early dating when somebody can't meet your needs. Now, I also think that like, I don't believe in passion at the beginning. And I do think that like, if there's crazy sparks, like, those sparks are going to continue to die down and you you will drive yourself insane uh, versus the sparks and the connection lifting and getting better through time. So I do think that like maybe give yourself like two, three dates before if like you're interested in someone like trying to think like, okay, like, I don't think you should feel like, Oh my God, that, that person was the one, but you can think like, wow, they were really interesting. I really liked them. I want to get to know them better. And Like that I think can be like very, very, very uh, enlightening and healthy to be like, huh, interesting. I like them. Let's go on another date so I can get to know them better versus like, oh my gosh, I'm just like so obsessed. That's bad. I will tell you that is bad. Um, I'm just like so dying to like keep talking about this subject because I feel like I've just learned so much. I've been like in a lab masterclass for like almost five years with this stuff. Um, And I feel like I have a lot to share. Um, Another thing is not believing you can have everything or most of what you want. Now, I think sometimes we can get like, we can cut people off because they're not perfect. I think that like dating culture, especially like on TikTok and on Instagram can uh, sort of you know, influence us to think that, like, oh, they do one thing wrong, done. Uh, they are not doing everything perfectly. Boundary set, never talking to them again. Like, there is a middle place here, right? Like, and I think that we can navigate this. And I think that dating, especially, is can be hard because it is rooted in uncertainty, and that's tough, right? Um, but I will tell you that you can have most of what you want. I don't think things are ever going to be like a hundred percent, but like your biggest things, your non-negotiables, uh, and then not having to deal with deal breakers. I do think that you can find somebody amazing and, and honestly, even better than you can imagine or better than you can like conjure up in your head. Um, and lastly, tolerating or overlooking red flags. Like if something is, re- if you're seeing a red flag at the beginning, it's just going to get even more red. They're going to multiply and it will be the demise of the relationship, I think. Um, So just some things to pay attention to. Um, And again, once we, if we operate in scarcity, it makes you act differently. So if we start thinking like, oh, I'm never going to find somebody, then you end up staying in a relationship maybe for years because you don't think there's anybody better out there. You start thinking that you can't get, you can't eat a piece of chocolate tomorrow you're going to go crazy on it today, even if you don't even want it, right? So it caused you to act differently. Something that might be helpful is to have some mantras. So maybe start thinking or start saying to yourself, there's enough to go around. Someone's success does not take away from mine. I have control and agency over my life. I choose my actions. I'm allowed to reevaluate my thoughts and perspective and choose one that serves me. So really repeating those things to yourself are important, but they're not everything. It has to be followed by action. So abundance as a whole takes massive effort through daily actions before things start to shift. So that's the first thing is to be prepared for effort and to be prepared for discomfort because you're going to have to act in a way that goes uh, goes against the way that you think and you will have to challenge your thinking. Like you will have to do something as your brain is thinking something else. And that is hard but it does actually change you again as somebody who used to be like the most scarce to now changing in a second like having those thoughts and like I used to have to like reach out to friends or something like that and like I really don't do that that much anymore um if I go to my friends it's to like share something but hardly ever am I like I need you to shift my mindset yeah I definitely used to and maybe like sometimes rarely but I think that like the best place to be is for you to be able to do that on your own, although it takes time to get there. So don't feel any kind of way about that. So the way this works, I think, is that we have our actions, new actions, and then evidence like, oh, it worked. Oh, I cut somebody off and then I was able to like meet somebody who was like pretty perfect for me. Um, so evidence and then the beliefs start to shift, then you have more evidence that you can continue taking that action because that action is hard. Like you're going to have to make tough decisions. I think also part of this is honesty and like being your authentic self is um, involves abundance and involves an abundance mindset uh, in the sense that like you will have to know like, okay, if I share something with somebody, they can either run away or they will support me and love me more. And That is thinking abundantly, right? Because I'm choosing authenticity. I'm choosing what I need. And then I can think like, okay, if they leave and they can't handle this, that's actually good because then I have a better opportunity to be with the person that is for me, right? So this is hard because it's risky, it's risky to take new actions. And that's why the brain hates it because it's a risk. At least if we do the thing we've always done in operating in scarcity, like at least that's familiar. And I think that this is manifestation. I think that this is like manifestation isn't just like thinking and praying, it's acting, but it's a cycle between all of these things getting strengthened by one another, right? Starting with the action then the evidence, then the belief, it just all gets stronger. So if you start thinking to yourself, like, I'm amazing, I'm going to attract somebody or I'm I'm such an incredible business owner, I can offer so much value and people will notice that and people will want to work with me and buy from me, right? And this is what will keep you going when the algorithm is down, which is like what is happening right now, right? Like you have to think abundantly, Uh, And you have to take action as a result of that. Uh, And things aren't going to be perfect. So you have to know that, like, even when you're in this process and, like, you're gaining momentum, which is the which the momentum is key, something is going to happen at some point. And you can't think, like, oh, it just didn't work. Or you can think that. Again, thoughts are just our thoughts. And I know, like, we live in our brains. It's hard sometimes to, like, observe your thoughts. But so much of this is about, like, seeing, observing, choosing to do something different. Like that is literally the process and it is not easy, (laughs) but this is how it works. And then over time, you'll just be able to be like, oh, there's just like that thought I used to think. Right. But you have to bet on yourself. You have, you always have a choice in your perception. And even if it feels delusional, like who cares? You're the one thinking this. And if it causes you to act better, like I don't really care if it's delusional. (laughs) to think these things because if it reinforces my action and my beliefs and my effort, then why not? Like either way, you're being delusional about something. You're being delusional about your worry and things going terrible for you, or you're being delusional about, delusional about things going amazing for you. But you always have a choice in how you act. We can't always control the specificity of our results, but you can control how you act. So... I think another tangible step here as you operate at a new level is to create an avatar or think of an expander or think of somebody who has something that you want and then ask yourself, because as you operate at a new level, you cannot use your current level of thinking to take new actions. Actions have to come first. And sometimes it helps me to think like, what would this person do in this situation? Like an expander for me in business is Layla, Hormozy and... Um, Lauren Bostick. So I really look up to them when it comes to business. And uh, they talk about dating and love too. And I often think to myself, like, okay, if I'm feeling scarce, I'm like, what would Lauren think in this situation? Or what would Layla think in this situation? And that immediately shifts things. And I'm like, okay, that's where I want to go. And it's not about pedestaling; It's just like, no, somebody is ahead of me in business. And therefore, I will try to operate at their level? Or, you know, will inspire me to take an action that my current self finds uncomfortable? Uh, So really ask yourself, what would that person do? I'm going to wrap it up now. This was a longish episode. I hope it was helpful. I will likely do episodes on um, perhaps like separate, these separate topics but can posted post it if you have any questions? I can't wait to keep sharing with you. As always, I am so grateful that you are here. I'm sending you a bunch of love and we'll talk to you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to Satisfied. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram where I post content every single day at Ashley K Pardo. If you enjoyed the show, I'd super appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes and or Spotify. If you have a question that you want to be answered on the show or you just want to say hi, send me a DM on Instagram. I love hearing from and connecting with you because you're the whole reason that I do the show. I hope that you find satisfaction wherever you are right now.